Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I am Richard Bliss, the host. You're listening to another episode of Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I am thrilled to be here, particularly because I have a guest who's come back. He's been on the show a while ago. We talked about fascinating things. My guest is JT with JT Smith with Game Crafter and Tabletop.events. JT, thanks for being with me on the show. Thanks for having me once again. We are here because you launched, you've been on the show over the years uh, talking about Game Crafter. And for our mm-hmm. listeners, let's tell our listeners who maybe are new to the show, what is Game Crafter? The Game Crafter is a place where you can manufacture your own games on a short run basis. You basically, just upload some artwork to the site, pick out some game components like pawns or whatever, and about a week later, you get a copy in the mail. So it's basically a print-on-demand for games. Absolutely right. Okay, and we're not talking print and play. We're talking, I upload all that stuff. Oh, no. Right? I'm like, hey, this will be cool. I pick some artwork. I click, I click the button, and a couple weeks later, boom, a box shows up at my house with the game that I uploaded on your site. Right. Full production looking game, like you got it off the shelf at your local game store. Uh, It has, you know, you can have tiles, boards, cards, whatever, everything that you need. One of the cool things I've always felt about what you're doing here is, one, the trend of print on demand and taking the the atomized bits and turning them into digital bits and turning them back into atomized bits is is super cool. (laughs) But one of the things is, I think, I can't even remember, but it's an anecdotal story of a parent who had a birthday party party. surprise for one of their children who had created a game and they uploaded on your site and the game showed up for the child's birthday so the child had their own copy own artwork own rules everything um for their own game and i think that kind of ability to do mass customization is absolutely awesome yeah, we love those kind of stories. We've had a lot of those over the years uh, with uh, birthdays like that or with family projects working together or even weddings where people have used games uh, to propose to their spouse, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool where they flip over the chance card, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will you take yep. a chance on me? Yes, mm-hmm. I, yes, those are cool. Now, you've had a lot of success. How's Game Crafter doing? Oh, tremendously well. We've um, we actually just had our best month ever in in March, and we continue to do that month after month. So uh, you know, and happy long, about that. And how long has GameCrafter been around? Uh, not quite eight years. So that is a few hard, more months. And, it is hard yeah. to believe that it's been. Yeah, you're coming up on a a ten year anniversary here. It's hard to believe it's been going on that long. You know. So many of us have right. So many of us have memories of the way it used to be, and we forget that the way it is now is so radically different, and it's become so common for for particularly a younger generation of gamers that have come into the space that mm-hmm. they they don't remember the problems that we all had with the way it used to be. So <laughs> yeah. So you've got Game Crafter. We've created a new normal. We have created a new normal, and it's a very cool normal. And speaking of mm-hmm. a new normal. The next project you took on, you and I spoke about a year or so ago and uh, with this idea. You've launched this idea, and now it's going very well, and that is tabletop.events, which is what we're here to talk about today. Indeed. So tell us. Well, so basically, I want to do uh, for conventions what we did for game designers. Uh, basically, kind of automate all of the silly stuff that you can automate to give you the best product possible. And obviously, you know, with with games, the finished product is this bunch of cardboard bits, right? That looks professional. Uh, with 
uh, with conventions, the idea is to give you a professional way to handle event registrations and badge registrations, uh, to handle the whole event submission process, to handle exhibitor management, the whole nine yards, everything that you need to do to kind of uh, the logistics of running your convention. We want to try and automate as much of that as possible and give you a, an ultra professional face. Is it really? Is it really that needed? It really is that needed. As as the game crafter, we go to a lot of conventions, and so you know we're we're sponsoring conventions, we're attending conventions, we send our own community members uh, to represent the game crafter, and so we actually have a touch point of almost a hundred conventions um, that we work with, and you know you would be surprised at how menial labor it is to you know <laughs> to get that data going back and forth there's so many phone calls and emails uh, a lot of conventions you know there most conventions seem to be running their stuff off of at best google spreadsheets serious um, which means it's very difficult for them to do any type of analytic tracking any type of uh, data points other than did we make more money this time than last time Right. And they're taking payments via PayPal usually, which means that if somebody wants a refund, that's a whole manual process. Uh, and then there's also, you know, okay, they paid via PayPal. Did, did the data that get, got in through PayPal ever actually get entered into a spreadsheet anywhere so that we know that we should print a badge for them? You know, that sort of stuff. Interesting. So, and so you, you've been doing this now. So you said 100 uh, game, uh, conventions out there. Do you have any idea how many game conventions are going on in the country? Yeah, there's uh, in in the United States uh, of the ones we've tracked so far. There's 530. I want to say seven, 537 that we have uh, tracked in the United States. Okay, I got. Uh, we don't. I I know for sure there are more than that because I keep learning about more. <laughs> but those are the ones we've tracked. And you just came from three back to back. What were those three cons? Yeah, I was at Unpub out in Baltimore, uh, Unpub 7. Uh, then I went to GaryCon down in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which is uh, uh, the Gary Gygax convention, uh, and then moved to Protospiel Milwaukee uh, last week, uh, which is another prototyping convention. And so if there's 537 and there's only 52 weekends in a year... That's right. There's That's over, <laughs> over 10 a week. <laughs> 10 a week. I got to be careful because... Uh, my girlfriend said that uh, I, she seemed like I was going to cons every weekend. I'm like, no, 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 no there's not that many. And so when, <laughs> hopefully she won't listen to this episode and find out that, oh, oh, there's been quite a few. And I have two that I'm going to this coming weekend, uh, Protospiel right. being one, and then Conquest SAC in Sacramento uh, yep. making an appearance there. So, yes, there are conventions going on all over the place. So you sat down to say, look, we're going to make this easy for you. Now, You've reached out to a lot of these conventions, and this is a radical concept for them. i got to believe that there's been a little bit of uh, pushback or a little bit of hesitancy on their part to jump in. Has there? Uh, in some cases there has there, some people are like, what we've got works fine. You know, even if they're using Google spreadsheet. So th there's an inertia factor, you know, uh, that's just changes hard for anybody. Uh, but a lot of them honestly are open to the idea as long as we do it, you know, where it's not interrupting if they're in their current con cycle. Uh, so, uh, a lot of them realize how much labor it is or how many times things get screwed up because of this, that, or the other thing, or, you know, like, when you deal with the event submission process, uh, so many of them are using Google Spreadsheet, and then ultimately it never gets posted to their website. So the gamers show up having no idea what games will even be there, let alone uh, whether they can get a seat for it. 
And so, so, so you keep track of even the. Do you keep track of even the um, the uh, what am I trying to say? The the events themselves? the event schedule. Yeah, the whole event schedule our system manages. So the the you know a game designer or not a game designer a, a GM uh, will uh, post a game that they would like to run at the con. Then the con can have an approval process of whether or not they want that game to be there, uh, and then ultimately it gets into a schedule. It could either be manually scheduled by the event organizer, or we have a system, an AI system called the event scheduler, the auto scheduler, that will go ahead and fill out the schedule completely automated. And so you've reached out. How many how many uh, game conventions are currently uh, in the system? We've run eighty conventions to this point. Um, so there are sixty, or yeah, there are sixty-seven currently on the system uh, that you know that are actively running. But there's a bunch in the past as well. There's another eighty that have run in the past. Now some of these some of these sixty-seven that are in there now are the second generation. You know they've already gone through one year of using tabletop events, and some of them are new where they just signed up. So well, exciting. And so you've got this huge momentum that's starting to build, which means you've kind of got your finger on the pulse of what's going on with the game conventions around the country. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and it's a nice funnel for people that are looking for a convention, you know, in their area. They have one place they can finally go to find out, you know, uh, is there a convention going on in my area? So well, that's our looking, goal. I'm looking here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I, I see about I see nine conventions that you have. This we're recording this in the month of April, and I have mm-hmm. I see nine conventions that you have going on in the month of April. And what's interesting: three of them are. There's three on one weekend, three on another weekend. So you've got them from Tennessee to Kansas to California to Minnesota. So they're all over the country, and they're all mm-hmm. taking advantage of this. So interesting. So how does it work? I'm, I want to run a game convention. So for example, I had uh, I have a one of my guests was on the show, um, Jason Huffman from Battle Hardened Games. He and I talked about being in the Des Moines area of putting together some type of con to allow him to have um, somewhere where – he can help other gamers do testing, that type of thing. So let's suppose Jason wants to put a con on in Des Moines. What, mm-hmm. what process is he going to go through uh, to work with you to put on this convention? This fictitious, okay. fictitious, just so our listeners know, there is no convention I'm talking about in Des Moines that has to do with Jason. But he and I had just had that conversation. Right. So, uh, you know, there's some upfront work. He's got to figure out uh, dates that work, uh, uh, you know, for him. And also he's got to find a venue that will support the thing. But once he's got that stuff done, you know, signing up with us is very easy. Just goes on the website, creates an account, creates a convention. Done. Uh, now he, there's all kinds of settings that he can tweak. There's literally hundreds of settings and we have a wizard to walk you through and kind of set up the convention. You'll set up things like the venue where, where are you hosting this thing? And then because you gave us the venue, we can generate a Google map, which will give people driving directions. Uh, and then you'll set up the convention dates and you'll set up what kind of badges that you want to sell and that sort of stuff. Uh, so we'll walk you through step by step that whole thing. Um, but we also just provide free training and demos as well. So if somebody, you know, doesn't feel comfortable, they want to see what the system looks like before they jump in, uh, they can very easily email us and set up a, uh, set up a demo and we will just literally walk you through the system from beginning to end and show you everything that it can do. Where would they, so where would they email you? Info at tabletop.events, or they can click on the contact us link at the bottom of every page. And so I'm on tabletop.events right now, and uh, very straightforward, very clean. They can follow you on Twitter. They can follow you on Tumblr. 
uh, all kinds of information. They can follow me on YouTube. And so I, mm-hmm. so Jason, uh, who sponsors the show, he's got this fictitious event in Des Moines, Iowa. He goes out there. And then what about, let's suppose he has a mailing list of friends and contacts. Can you upload that and have that go out? Or do you, are you handling that aspect? We don't handle mailing lists per se, you know, that like the constant context and MailChimp's of the world. Right. Um, you know, there there are systems out there. We do have a built-in uh, mailing system, though, that works very much like Kickstarter's updates system. Um, and so every badge that's in the system, you can target, you can say, uh, I want this to go out to exhibitors, or I want this to go out to all attendees. Uh, and, you know, it'll send out an email and also create a blog roll. Uh, of it, but it won't do just generic, uh, you know, Mailchimp type contacts. So, um, so when I when I register and log in, I've given them my email address, and then that's how you're communicating. Uh, by that's right. Okay, through the email address. Okay, so yep. it's building that in. Well, it sounds like a, a kind of a no brainer. Has uh, so over the past year, you've reached out to these cons. Anybody? What's what's been your success rate once you're able to explain what you've got going on to the con? I ninety eight percent. We have we have literally signed up everybody except one uh, who has demoed with us. So every con that has demoed the system, they have gone forward and used the system, uh, with the exception of one. That's so. that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good success rate. And how yeah. how are you? Is it word of mouth right now? How are you reaching out and contacting these convention owners? Uh, well, my business partner Tavis has been reaching out to them via email because we have you know contacts with a lot of cons because of the Game Crafter. Uh, we've also had um, a, a lot of word of mouth, and then also I just have a ton of cons on my uh, on my Twitter followers. So I've been tweeting people and saying, "Hey, you should check this out." So it's really you know it's a a few different angles, but uh, it's been working out so far. And and as we see a success, you know, like Gary Con just finished. Um, there's a lot of people that go to GaryCon that run other conventions or know people that run other conventions. So I'm sure uh, they'll go back and say, hey, this was smooth as hell. We should look into this. Uh, and w- that has certainly happened at other cons uh, in the past. I've had con- convention organizers uh, actually sign up and, and tell us uh, that you know, they, they saw this at Midwest Geek Fest and we want to know more. You know, that sort of thing. The number of cons is mind-boggling because – Every guest that I'm having on recently who's talking about the game industry is feeling the same pressure, and it's a very good pressure, and that is this huge influx of new bodies, growth, new sales. You just said it, the best March ever, the best year ever, the best quarter. It doesn't matter. Anything that you touch on seems to be doing the best in the industry right now. Do you have any insights of what's going on out there? Because obviously I've had conversations with some of my guests before. Do we have a tsunami going on? Is there a bubble that's about to burst? What is happening out there in the market? I don't know if there's a bubble. That's hard to predict, obviously. Uh, I do think there's there's absolute growth. I mean, we've been seeing growth in the board game industry for quite a long time now. Uh, but, you know, And I think a lot of that has to do with the social slash offline nature of board games. People you know, are attached to their screens all day, every day. And so being able to get away from that a little bit, have an escape, uh, is uh, is a good aspect, and it also is a it's a social way to interact with people without um, you know without having to go bowling or one of the other kind of old school oh, traditional. No, no, no. Let's ways. not knock the bowlers. There's we got I'm some. not knocking bowling. I like bowling, <laughs> uh, but you know it's giving you another avenue, is what I'm saying. Got it. Um, yeah. So it's uh, it's one more it's one more way to be social that is offline that is without a screen uh, and. 
I wasn't knocking bowling because bowling is that. At. I mean, you do have a screen for scoring, but you're not you're not on Facebook while you're bowling. You know, you're drinking a beer, you're rolling a ball, you're having a good time. Right. Uh, and uh, board games are another avenue for that. Absolutely. Uh, that doesn't take the dexterity of bowling. <laughs> Absolutely. Although there are some interesting dexterity games out there that do challenge that. Uh, That's true. One of the questions I have uh, in our last uh, few minutes here is you mentioned that uh, – well, we haven't talked about it, but one of the things that drives um, success financially for these cons is merchandise sales, right? Mm -hmm. Having the vendors come in. And so one of the things that you have done, I guess, as part of the tabletop.events is help manage that from a a merchandise. Help me understand how that works because once money starts – I can understand badges coming in and accepting money for badges, but – Mm-hmm. How are you doing that with merchandise? Is this just the coordination of merchandise? Or are you actually selling merchandise? How does that work? Uh, down two angles, actually. So uh, we actually do – we have a full merch sales system. So a lot of cons will have their own uh, swag, you know, they'll T-shirts and mugs and whatever. Um, and so they will sell those at the con. But it's so much nicer to be able to pre-sell that before you even get to the con so you know how much of that stuff to order. Uh, so we have a merch sales system uh, built in where people, when they sign up to buy their badge or they sign up to buy event tickets, they can also sign up and say, I want a T-shirt of size, you know, XL or whatever. Um, and so that way the organizers know up front how much of that stuff that they should be getting. Uh, and then they can even continue to do those sales on site because we have a full uh, registration or I should say a full point of sale system uh, that can be used on site for badges and tickets and merch and that sort of stuff. Sounds the sec. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. The second way that we do this is that we have a full exhibitor management system. So, because cons aren't the only ones selling at cons, you know, the the exhibitors are who sells the most stuff at cons. Right. And, and so we have a full exhibitor management system where they can come in and apply to exhibit at the con. Uh, if they're approved, they can then pick out their booth space and also, uh, you know, sign up for extras like electricity or chairs or whatever else they might need. Uh, and that whole process, rather than going back and forth with a whole bunch of emails and phone calls, which is what it is now, uh, is completely automated by the system. And so as an example of that, Tavis and I, Tavis, my business partner, uh, set up a little demo of Gen Con because every year we go to Gen Con. And the process for him to sign up at Gen Con uh, as, for us as an exhibitor and figure out which booth we're going to do is about a one-month elapsed time. And he, he says somewhere around uh, half a dozen to a dozen phone calls slash emails uh, to get that signed up, that little process. Uh, but so, when we when we simulated it on tabletop events, from an event organizer point of view, is about thirty seconds for me to approve his application, and from his point of view, uh, it was a little over twelve minutes for him to go through the entire sign up process and pick his booth and all of the you know add ons that he needed, and he was done. Well, so it well, was. <laughs> uh, let's see, is this a trick question? Twelve minutes or a month? Oh, I think I think I've got that. All right, we've right. got we've got we've got one minute left. Quick, okay. quick do's and don'ts for those who are looking to set up their own game convention. Yeah, not, 60 seconds. I know it's going to be tough. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, don't try to be everything to everybody, uh, at least right away. You know, start out small. Uh, don't overpromise and don't put yourself on the hook for a lot of money that you can't deal with, like buying people food or buying a big hotel room block. If the hotel is telling you that you have to get a hotel room block and you're on the hook for it, you're uh, go to the next hotel. <laughs> um 
dues, find a hook, find a reason for people to come to your con because there are 500 cons. You need to have a way to stand out. So find out what your hook will be, get some help, get volunteers, that sort of thing, build a community around the whole thing. Eventually, after you get this thing going, volunteers will be easier to come by because people will see what you're doing and want to help. But that first year, get your friends and family involved and then sweat the details because those little things, those things are the reasons that people come back to your con year after year. JT, thank you. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me again. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been JT Smith with The Game Crafter and now with Tabletop.Events, a way that you can automate the entire process of setting up your own game convention. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you found something interesting. I know I have. I always do. And something inspiring. Thanks for listening. Take care.